Welcome to The Mindful Apprentice, brought to you by Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. In this podcast series, we want to share stories and information to help everyone make the apprenticeship a success, whether you're an employer or the apprentice. We've interviewed a wide range of apprentices, employers, specialists, charities and clinicians to make this series. Wherever you're listening, we hope you'll find it helpful. Hello, I'm Dominic Arkwright. In this programme, Culture Shock. Yeah, you definitely need to be prepared because going straight into the working world can feel quite overwhelming. It's a big adjustment becoming an apprentice, but the challenges vary according to whether you're fresh out of school or college, returning or reskilling. Here's Rob Wheeler, Link Governor at Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. So I think most of the young people, the 18 to 24 age group, from my experience, have still been very comfortable in terms of learning because that's where they've come from. So the learning element of an apprenticeship is not the challenge. The employment element of the of uh, the apprenticeship is probably the harder part. So getting used to what it's like to be in a kind of corporate uh, workplace, turning up on time, dress code, uh, behaviours, all of those things are probably bigger than the apprenticeship itself for that group. For those that are reskilling, I think you've got a mixture about those people that want to be reskilled and those people that don't. I think the ones that embrace it, again, the learning thing might be a new thing for them. As in, I haven't been to college, I haven't studied for some time and that might be quite alien for them. Um, but the biggest probably challenge there would be more about those that don't really want to embrace in the reskilling activity. And then, of course, you've now got a, a kind of a newer group. So I think for the first time in a number of years, um, there's more people over the age of 50 that are unemployed and now we've got returnerships. So of course, for that group, it would be about confidence, about doing the job, learning again, because that might be new, not been to college for a long time. Employment stuff shouldn't so much be a challenge. So each of those groups have got their own challenges and it takes time to help those people get through those And it's really in any employer's interest to do that. After all, they're investing time and money in their apprentices, whatever age they are. But let's focus here on younger apprentices making the move from school or college, people who've never been in full-time work. It can be tough. Danielle Foy, business development consultant at New College Swindon. A lot of our students probably struggled with the fact of leaving school where everything's set out. They need the toilet, they put their hands up. If they need to go somewhere, they ask the teacher. They're told when they can have break, what to wear, what to do. And then all of a sudden, they're having to juggle learning their new skill, timekeeping, and also completing work as an apprentice at the same time and studying. So it it can be very overwhelming for them. Not least because the chances are you won't be with people your own age. That's certainly what apprentices Jessa Lee and Olivia Skane discovered. Yeah, you definitely need to be prepared because going straight into the working world can feel quite overwhelming. You're surrounded by people who are way more experienced than you and that you need to know that that's that there's nothing wrong with you. They're just way more experienced than you and you will be in their position one day. You've just got to learn. So it's basically it's you've got to be prepared going into the workplace. You're not in school anymore because I went straight from school. You're not around people your own age anymore. It's highly unlikely you'll 
going to find many people your own age. So you've got to network and build relationships with people a little bit more experienced than you. Coming into an apprenticeship from full-time school was a very steep learning curve for me because I think before leaving school, you're used to, I guess, all the adults in your life being kind of teacher figures and it depends on the company you're at but um i know in the construction industry it's a little bit of an aging industry so a fair amount of my colleagues were you know my parents' age and so i didn't necessarily feel as comfortable networking and talking to people like how i was used to at school and i think that it, it that combined with the fact that i guess it's not school anymore and so you know, people are there to to do their jobs and, and the way that you interact with others definitely changes a lot. So it's important to get to know people. And we talked about this in our programme, Making a Success of Your Apprenticeship. Not that it's always easy. Olivia Skane promoted now from her apprenticeship at HM Land Registry. Try and introduce yourself to as many people as you, you can. I know it's daunting it was really nerve-wracking introducing myself and talking to people on my first day and that's completely understandable but sometimes you've got to put yourself out your comfort zone and talk to people because it, it puts a really good impression on you for your first day. Well Olivia acknowledges this can be daunting and Anna Morrison founder of Amazing Apprenticeships agrees. Anything new can feel a bit scary or daunting or overwhelming that doesn't go away the older you get it just I suppose perhaps you just learn to get some coping mechanisms around you. So making sure that whoever is your mentor or your buddy in the workplace, if you are worried about something, talk to them early. Don't sit on something and let it build up. If there is something that you're not sure about, make sure that you, you know who you can ask and talk to them about it. And don't forget your training providers there for you as well. Remember Danielle Foy's comments from a previous programme. There's three in the relationship with an apprentice. There's the provider, there's the employer, there's the apprentice. And if everybody communicates effectively, then hopefully it will create a successful working relationship. Anna Morrison from Amazing Apprenticeships makes the point that there are escape valves in the system. There are different things that are built into programmes. For example, you can take a break in learning if you needed to and your training provider and your employer would be able to talk to you about that. You might want to request slightly different working hours. Perhaps once you start doing the commute, you realise that actually it's really difficult to get a bus or a train at a particular time and you're finding that causing you some difficulty. So have a conversation with your employer and make sure that you ask them if there's any flexibility. If you've got any financial worries or um, if you've got any health issues, it's also worth reaching out to your employer because often employers will have um, kind of discretionary support that they might be able to offer. And if they don't, if they haven't told you about it, then they might be willing to put something in place. Just basically talk to the employer, isn't it? And make sure that you don't, it's not a them and us, you're in it together. When you go into a job and into the workplace, you are part of the team. Um, an apprentice is absolutely as valued as any other employee in that organisation. So make sure you keep the communication channels open and keep asking those questions. So there may be some flexibility if you're having difficulties. The trick is to make sure you don't suffer in silence. Carol Petropoulos is assistant principal at New College Swindon. It's really difficult for young people, but what I would say is if a company has thought about employing an apprentice, 
then they recognize that, that they're getting a very young person, a very inexperienced person. And there probably is somewhere, somebody in most workplaces that you can talk to, you know, whether that's going to a HR department and asking there for some guidance or help, or just finding that friendly face on the workshop floor, because there will be someone, someone that catches your eye, gives you a smile, they're the people who do remember being you once upon a time and those are the people that you can talk to and, and who will be friendly and it won't be the same kind of friends that you had at school because they're not your age but they will be friendly and a great source of support because they've been there done that got the t-shirt um, and they will remember those times so searching out that friendly face at work is something I would recommend to anybody. Because if you don't network, if you don't have colleagues you can talk to, there is a danger of loneliness and isolation, well known to be extremely damaging to our mental well-being and our performance at work. In a minute we'll look at some of the ways round this, but it's as well to know why we should be avoiding isolation at work. Robin Hewings is former programme director of the Campaign to End Loneliness. We think that loneliness can often be a kind of a a downward spiral where when you are lonely it affects your psychology it affects how you think and understand the world around you so essentially the world feels like a more kind of scary and intimidating place people can kind of brood on the social interactions that they've had and also being in social situations can feel quite overwhelming. It makes social situations sometimes feel more difficult to go into. So loneliness can cause depression and depression can cause loneliness because they've got a lot in common. Loneliness as an apprentice is not inevitable but it's certainly possible and the key is managing it. Darren Marks from Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. It's a tough one isolation because you can be at home in the same environment you've been for the last 20 years and be isolated because you've changed your work pattern now from seeing your friends between eight and five every day, going home, doing a bit of homework, then seeing them in the evening. Now you're in the workplace, you are busy eight till five, you're not contactable, your friendship group has diminished because they're just not next to you, you've got new colleagues, new people, and if you can't outreach, it's then difficult to build new friendship groups and have that communication methods. So isolation will come quick. But it is also about doing things that you enjoy, maintaining some of those previous friendships, sticking with your, your, your sport or your hobby or your social interaction activity. If you had habits and routines before that were positive for you, maintain those. Do what you can to, to maintain to the right level. You can't allow them to impact your work-life balance, both positively and negatively. You need to do it, but you can't do too much where it impacts what you're actually trying to do, which is be career-orientated. And here's Danielle from New College Swindon. Some people like being on their own, some people like being more independent, um, but some people don't. So I suppose, and it's again, it's looking out for their warning signs on when they're starting to feel a little bit lonely and they go a little bit quieter and then maybe it's not as interested. And as an employer, we need to really be looking out for those branches, for those reach outs to say, that's a little bit out of character or that's that's something we've not seen before it could be a downturn in, in quality of work it could be they're on their phone more it could be on their phone less it could be that they're not hitting targets that they've been set that they've previously found not a problem we'll talk more about this in another program but back to danielle 
from a college point of view, we have social areas within the college. We have enrichments that they could possibly look at joining. My advice is if somebody who's feeling lonely now, look at joining local clubs, local sporting groups, whether it's a local football team or rugby team or an interest that you're interested in, join them groups. Okay, it might be scary going on your own at first, but you'll find a whole community within them groups. And psychologist Sam Bishop says when it comes to networking and getting on with colleagues, you shouldn't necessarily be looking for best friends, just people you can talk to who'll stop you feeling alone and isolated. They don't necessarily have to make friends or be best friends with their colleagues on the apprenticeship journey or colleagues within the workplace. And I think that is sometimes what happens at schooling education or college education. People fall into the trap of only really hanging out with friends or people that they really, really like. I I don't know if that's possible all of the time in the workplace or when people are on their apprenticeship journeys. I don't know if you're going to happen to be in an employment environment whereby there's really good friends around you. So it might be, again, about setting the expectation that it's about being friendly with people and starting to develop connections. And it could be that you do that by finding mutual ground or shared ground um, around the professional environment. So aspects of the work that you enjoy or maybe some of the struggles that you're facing. Sometimes people in apprenticeship programs will say to me, but Sam, they're not my sort of people or they're not my type of people. And again, I would go back with that expectation. Well, maybe they're not going to become your best friends for life, but maybe you could be friendly with them and develop a relationship relationship and and use common ground in the workplace or, or common ground in personal life to try and build those connections. Sam Bishop from Sam Bishop Coaching and Development and Chartered Occupational Psychologist Emily Hutchinson says you shouldn't be worried about approaching people. Sometimes you kind of have to make yourself jump in, don't you? So there's there's a little bit of courage that's needed in this about kind of, you know, sometimes it's easier um, to think, oh, I'll just sit here in the corner and not speak to anyone and, and hope that someone comes and speaks to me. Or you can pluck up courage and go and speak to someone. So one of the keys to managing your apprenticeship successfully is to get involved. Don't hide yourself away. And if you are having trouble adjusting, talk to someone. Don't suffer in silence. Next time, we'll be looking at another big challenge, managing your workload and juggling the demands of work, study and social life. Until then, I'm Dominic Arkwright. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Mindful Apprentice. We hope you found something in it which was helpful to you or perhaps a colleague or friend, whether you're a new starter or a seasoned professional. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in the podcast or want to find out more about organisations which can provide help and support, go to sawiot.ac.uk forward slash the mindful apprentice. <laughs>